You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more. So you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. I'm Dana Perkins, and you're listening to Switched On, the BNEF podcast. On the 17th of May, BNEF hosted our Munich Summit, one of six summits taking place around the world each year, each with a different theme. This summit focuses on where automotive manufacturing and energy converge. So naturally, we were delighted when Michael Loeschler, CEO of Opel Automotive, agreed to join us to discuss automotive strategy in the transition to electric vehicles. Michael has experience working for numerous companies in the automotive industry, including Volkswagen, Daimler, and Mitsubishi Motors. During our summit, he was interviewed by Nicholas Solopoulos, Advanced Transport Analyst here at BNEF. For more information about our summits, also taking place in London, New Delhi, New York, San Francisco, and Shanghai, go to about.bnef.com forward slash summit. As a quick reminder, BNEF does not provide investment or strategy advice, and our more complete disclaimer is at the end of the show. But now, let's hear the interview with Michael Loeschler, CEO of Opel Automotive, about the future of electric vehicles. So, hello, Michael. Thank you very much for being here with us today. It's, uh, it's a great, great pleasure to, to have you on the summit. So, it's also a very interesting time for the automotive industry, particularly in Europe. Among many other things, we have the net zero targets that are in place now for 2050 across the European Union. The UK as well has some of those. And uh, one of the questions that are gaining more momentum now in the industry is that of legislating an end to the sale of vehicles that are using internal combustion engines. What is your view on that? I mean, first of all, we try to be very customer focused because at the end of the day, we offer mobility to our customers. We want to give them excitement with, with our cars and offer clean and safe mobility. And I think we, we shouldn't forget this. This is really the key of our business. At the same time, the political framework is, is changing. Yeah. So what we from the Opel side try to do is we want to be open for various technologies. Yeah. What's very obvious now is that electrification is gaining momentum. Yeah, it's gaining momentum. We saw that last year, our sales of electrified cars is increasing. We see that also this year. And basically, we prepare now the future for this growing demand of electrification. But basically, we also want to be open for other technologies, yeah, because CO2 reduction is not only with electric cars. Yeah? Like last year on the Opel side, we reduced our CO2 emissions by 23 gram, which is quite significant. And of course, also gas and diesel engine contributed to this great performance. But long story short, we want to be open for all technologies, but we see clearly electrification is, is picking up now. 
So you have a portfolio at the moment that you talked about that has ICs, it has plug-in hybrids, it has battery electrics, and soon enough you'll have even fuel cell cars, fuel cell vans, uh, vans in fact. And you just described that you want to be ready for all uh, market uh, eventualities there. Is that a longer term option as well? So looking five or even 10 years ahead, do you think that you'll maintain this uh, broad technology portfolio? So at the moment, we have two architectures and we call them multi-energy. And they are basically for one car, let's take an Opel Corsa, you can produce on one assembly line, a gas, a diesel and electric car. And this works very well. We are very flexible. We are very agile. And whatever happens in the market, we feel we are very well prepared for this. So I think this is a very good approach for the next couple of years. But then more outwards, we think that electrification will gain momentum. And also as part of Group Stellantis, we will then transition to pure electric platforms. And I think this is a way to think about this. And on top of this, we look also at things, as you mentioned, um, Nico Fuel Cell. So we think this also is a very attractive technology. Many advantages yeah, in terms of charging time, also CO2 balance. But we transition from a, let's say, multi-energy approach to then pure electric going forward. And what is the, the platform strategy was something that I want to come back to later on. But uh, since you, you brought it up for you, for doing it, of course, I guess the answer is yes. But is that the, given the fact that, as you say, electrification gains momentum and in a few years time, you will perhaps need two separate platforms, one for electric and one for the non-electric part. Uh, as electric uh, sales gain momentum. Is that a multi-energy platform approach the, um, something that you think will, uh, will stay with you for, uh, for a few more years? Well, at the end of the day, obviously, the customer will decide. Yeah, and then we will decide how long we run the multi-energy platforms. As I said earlier, at the moment, we feel very comfortable with this because it gives us flexibility. But then we expect that electrification will gain more momentum. So mm -hmm. at one stage... We will switch to electrified platforms, but of course we have flexibility for how long we run the multi-energy platforms. Yeah, So I think it's always good to be open for, for many scenarios and not just focus on one. I feel this is very, very important because it's hard to predict exactly what the customer will require in let's say five, six, seven years. One thing is for sure, the political framework is, is um, very clear. So we have to improve on CO2 and therefore obviously electrification then fuel cell will, pay, will play a major role, yeah. You talked about the customer and what, uh, what they want and uh, earlier on about this uh, very large increase in uh, electric vehicle sales in Europe last year. Do you feel that uh, we're at a moment where you're seeing organic demand for primarily electric cars or is it still a regulator-driven uh, market pushed by the automakers in order to reach some of the very tough emissions uh, limits here in Europe? Well, from, from the Opel side, we very clearly see there is customer demand. Yeah? It, mm -hmm. it started last year. Um, it's increasing now. Of course, the question, will it continue like this? Yeah, Because to give you a data point, like last year, Opel sold 35,000 electrified cars. This is around 5-6% of our total volume. And of course, we see this growing also in 21. Yeah? So we mm -hmm. think customer demand is increasing. But the key question is, will it come to levels of 30, 40, 50% very, very shortly? And it also obviously depends on support from the government, charging infrastructure, many factors. But we do think 
customer demand is significantly increasing, significantly increasing going forward. As you have this uh, multi-platform strategy, you have multi-energy platform and uh, you're going to switch soon enough to the, to the all-electric platforms. How does this strategy and which platform you use affect your profitability in electric cars? And uh, how do you even define the profitability of electric car? So there is uh, a lot of discussion in the industry now whether that will be in uh, 2025 for different segments, it will be earlier for other segments. It will be perhaps all the way up to 2030, maybe from, a, from, a, from some people what they're saying. So how do you see the profitability of electric cars, primarily battery electric cars, developing in the, next, uh, in the next several years? So when we from the Opel side look at the requirements of profitability of electrified cars, we, we don't differentiate between electrified cars and ICE cars because at the end of the day, we have to come to similar levels, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, the volume is, is reduced at the moment. Many things will change. Obviously, we get also support from governments in various countries, but long story short, we have the same requirements in terms of profitability, and I think it would be very, let's say, difficult to differentiate for a long period of time and say, look, profitability of electrified cars is much lower than for ICE, so we have to come to similar levels. That's a very important requirement. And when do you see that in terms of a time frame? Is that something you can uh, share? Do you see this profitability at the same level the next five years or longer for your uh, for your business? Well, we steer this obviously um, already today because the question is today. Uh, and uh, I, I don't want that electrified cars have lower profitability than ICE cars. And we mm-hmm. tried everything to do so that this is going in, in the right direction. Yeah. Now for a very short break. Stay with us. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest-growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank. Because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. So shifting a little bit um, I mean, related to the, to the platform strategies and um, the profitability of cars, up until now and still at the, now, of course, scale, manufacturing production, primarily on the internal combustion engine side of things, is a key factor that affects uh, uh, both profitability, but also to an extent competitive advantage in, uh, in the auto industry, among many others. Do you see that uh, changing, scale becoming less relevant in a, in a more electrified era? Well, overall, I would say scale is always helpful. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's always helpful. It's a factor. But what for us is, is probably even more important is that we um, have a good control of the entire value chain. So what, what do I mean um, in terms of electrified cars? So we, for example, invest also in the production and the R&D of battery cells, which is a very important strategic decision to say, look, we want to do this ourselves um, and not purchase it from, from suppliers. We invest, for example, in Germany and France, a few billion of euros to do the battery cells ourselves, also with the electric motor. 
So it feels like for us, this is um, core competence um, and we want to manage the entire value chain. This is very important. And then of course we benefit from the fact that we are part of Group Stellantis, a very large automotive company. So I think scale is always a factor, but also strategic thinking, what do we do ourselves and what do we do with external partners? Is there something beyond scale that may become a source of uh, competitive advantage uh, in the next few years? You said strategic thinking, of course, and uh, I guess product placement. Does the electrified era offer different opportunities or additional opportunities to differentiate yourselves and uh, get some uh, some advantage over your competitors? Absolutely. And there are, there are many, many ways to do that. And again, it comes back to, okay, what, what is our customer demanding from us? What is the customer really requesting in terms of electrified cars? So we try to differentiate this in various aspects and yeah, of course, gain our competitive advantage in, in this. Okay. I guess uh, earlier on when you talked about uh, sales, you primarily refer to this uh, venture that you have, the uh, automotive sale company that you have with um, PSA, uh, Total and Soft. And the scale of that ambition, I think, has received less attention than uh, at least in Europe compared to other uh, uh, forays of automakers in, the, in, that, in that business. You explained a little bit about the, the rationale behind it. Could you expand a little bit on that? I mean, for example, what is the role of the different partners in this business? Again, why does an automaker want to become a cell manufacturer? Isn't that becoming a, a commodity business uh, relatively soon? Well, a couple of things. I mean, first of all, it's important that we control the entire value chain. Mm-hmm. And we teamed up with Total and Saft and created a joint venture. And we'll build now in the first step two factories, one in Germany, one in, in France, Quite significant investment. So just here in Germany, we invest 2 billion um, euros in, a, I would say, a real gigafactory. And we will produce then battery cells for 500,000 electrified cars per year. So it's significant um, volume. And of course, we first of all think that together with our partners, we have the know-how for this, but then also the competitive advantage. And I think it's, it's very important to have, in this case here in Germany, in Kaiserslautern, the factory close to other factories where we manufacture our cars. So we feel this is a competitive advantage. Instead of shipping battery cells around the world, it's obviously also good from a CO2 footprint. Similar things we do with the electric motor. So we are of the opinion, this is core competence. We can also differentiate in terms of cost, but also customer requirements. And it's better in our hands. And um, it makes total sense in terms of the overall electrification strategy going forward. We talked earlier on. So let me just take the final few minutes to ask you something broader beyond the technology strategy or uh, manufacturing decisions. Opel has gone through a lot in the last few years, and that's probably an understatement. So can you describe from your own point of view what happened since 2017? And when are you coming out of that uh, cycle? Does that cycle end? And uh, what's... um, the next few years will look like? Yeah, so a bit of background. So 2017 was a very important year for Opel because we became part of Group PSA. Our PSA took over Opel and Opel had, uh, I think, 20 years of permanent losses. So it was very obvious we had to change something fundamentally. And we did. So we put in-house a plan together, which we called the PACE plan and gave it very clear, but also straightforward, simple targets and said, look, we have to become sustainably profitable go electric and become a global brand. And then with internal people, and I think that's important, we really unleashed the power of Opel inside and said, look, 
We have to improve our brand perception, the pricing, reduce complexity, reduce cost, and very simple things. And then worked very hard on the implementation. And this worked very well, I have to say. So in the first year after the implementation, we came to profit level. 2019, we had 1.1 billion profit. So significant profit improvement. And now we invest into the electrification as, as you and I discussed um, during this interview. And we also go more into markets outside of Europe. So we feel this was a very important transformation of the company. To your question, will it ever end? No, <laughs> it will always continue. Yeah, Because first of all, we want to get better every day, but the industry is in such a transformation. So I feel this was an important turnaround, but in a way the basis for what we are doing now in terms of investing into electrification, the fuel cell we talked about. So it will continue. And I guess that makes the industry so exciting. So what I heard here is a lot of, you know, like a large number of uh, improvements, perhaps small steps in some cases, bigger steps in other cases. Is that the, a learning, a lesson for other companies or for investors when they're looking at this transition that other companies will, uh, will have to go through? Uh, in the next few years. So is it a continuation of a large number of small steps rather than something big that uh, can change things very quickly? Well, I would say it is a, a combination of big things and small steps. Yeah, you have to do both. Um, for example, in our case, our diversity complexity was huge and we mm -hmm. significantly reduced it, like down by 50, 60%. So hard decisions. Also, we transitioned very quickly to the group architectures, the multi-energy platforms we discussed early on. So I think it requires, especially in these days, very uh, big changes. At the same time, you always need to have like small steps on top because just rely on a few things is, is not sufficient. Yeah. Um, so that was our experience. And then, of course, it's always helpful when you are in an environment where everybody in the company knows like, look, we cannot continue as in the past. Yeah. And maybe that is also a good lesson out of the COVID pandemic. In many, many examples, we know we cannot continue as in the past. So we have to change. And maybe that is accelerating the whole transformation. Yeah. So we had very good experience with that. And um, we, 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 we feel we, we did the right things, but it will continue. Like One last question I have for you, Michael, is uh, beyond the powertrain technologies and where you place your manufacturing plants and everything, what are the other big trends or mega trends that you're monitoring on a recurring basis and have the potential to, to affect the auto industry in the, the next 10 years? Well, I would say that the key point from my perspective is um, all around digitalization. So connectivity within the car, but also digitalization in terms of how people buy cars. So I think um, selling online is a big, big topic. We learned about this much more now in the pandemic. So the whole topic of digitalization is probably changing the automotive industry very, very strongly, maybe even more than the powertrain one. And I mean, we are in good company with all the other industries, but I think the whole topic of digitalization from a customer point of view, but also from a product point of view, I think is, is a very, very big change. And of course, we have to do a lot of things to get ready for this. So digitalization is, from my perspective, the, the next big, big topic for us. Michael, thank you very much for being here today and um, all the best uh, for the next few years. Thank you, Nico. Thanks for having me. This week's show was produced by Ava Gonzalez-Isla and edited by Rex Warner of Greystoke Media. 
Bloomberg NEF is a service provided by Bloomberg Finance LP and its affiliates. This recording does not constitute, nor should it be construed as, investment advice, investment recommendations, or a recommendation as to an investment or other strategy. Bloomberg NEF should not be considered as information sufficient upon which to base an investment decision. Neither Bloomberg Finance LP nor any of its affiliates makes any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in this recording and any liability as a result of this recording is expressly disclaimed. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, let's face it, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. There's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.